Everyone, start your engines. Uh, here's the way that about. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. I'm not a crook. If you like your health care plan, you'll be able to keep your health care plan. listening to Jim Paris Lum Paris. All right, so this will be the last time we get together before Christmas. So Merry Christmas to everybody, but I'll be back with you next Sunday night, which is the day after Christmas. And uh maybe I'll tell you what I got for Christmas. Uh, I've already got a bunch of stuff, kind of a little bit of stuff here and there, and my wife always gets frustrated cuz I tend to like find out what I'm getting early or I even just go as far as to just buy something for myself. But I went to the flea market today in Daytona Beach, which is really cool. I love flea markets. I always have and I think it's part of my upbringing. My mother was big into garage sales. So when I grew up in Chicago, it was, you know, every Friday and Saturday, you know, my mom would do the garage sale thing and we'd love to go, you know, cuz as a kid, you know, if you had a couple of bucks, you could you could get some cool stuff for a couple of dollars. So I've got the Bitcoin hat on today because we're going to be talking about cryptocurrency a lot in our main segment. No guests tonight. We're going to get back to guests once we get in to the new year. But uh, the next uh, two episodes, in addition to tonight, we're just going to have expanded episodes with just me. But I want to show you the cool find I got at the flea market. So if you're watching on the video feed, you get to see this. Everybody else doesn't get to see it if you're just listening on the audio. But here you go. I'm going to stand up so you can see this. Uh, you see it there? All right. That is a shout out to Jeff Dunham, the ventriloquist. Silence. I kill you. This is Ahmed the Terrorist uh, t-shirt. And I saw it at the flea market and um, I was with my sister and her husband and uh, he noticed it right away and said, oh, this is the Jeff Dunham T-shirt. And I I said, I want that. He looked at me like, are you serious? I said, yes, I'm going to wear it on my show tonight. Unfortunately, because of the angle of the camera, you can't really see it. But uh, for those listening on the audio feed, it's the the Jeff Dunham, the the uh, terrorist <laughs> ventriloquist puppet. I kill you. I, I love I love that uh, bit that he does. Uh, so anyway, I got the I got the t-shirt uh love this love the t-shirt and i'm um, looking forward to uh offending some people uh by wearing it tomorrow uh, it's either going to be this shirt or my let's go brandon which is another shirt that upsets a lot of people that i like to wear uh but in any case other things going on so last night um in addition to today did the flea market love the flea market a lot of fun uh i went to last night i went to immersive van gogh which is really interesting because I'm not, I love, I love art, but I'm not a, a student of art. So I don't really know a lot of the you know story behind the artists and all of that sort of thing. But I always loved Starry Starry Night. And I heard so much about this immersive Van Gogh. I decided to go and it's over in Orlando. And one of the things that you should know if you do move to Florida, and I am writing a book about how to move to Florida, is... It's not easy to get to Orlando. It used to be. It used to be that I could get in my car here. I live in Palm Coast, which is about halfway between like St. Augustine and Daytona Beach. So I used to be able to get in my car and just boom, get over to the Disney area in like an hour and a half, hour and 40 minutes. 
Orlando has really become a major city. And just like with any major city, you can get to the outskirts of the city, but then you have to deal with the traffic inside the city. And there's all these different new uh, beltways and express lanes and tollways and all these different ways of getting around. And I, I honestly don't know my way around Orlando as far as all the shortcuts and the tollways. And I don't even have a, a toll pass. But in any case, um, got over to Orlando yesterday to do this immersive Van Gogh, which is a really cool idea. And I'd love to see them do this with more artists. It was honestly a little bit expensive. I don't know. I, I think I paid uh, maybe like 60 bucks for the ticket. And what you do is you go into this big hall. It's like a big ballroom and it's pitch black and all around you is projected uh, the artwork of Van Gogh and it's all set to music and it was very well done. Honestly, though, I thought it was a little bit pricey and the thing that upset me probably the most was the big mask deal and they didn't really say that on the website and most places around here are not pushing the masks but when you get into the Orlando area into the tourist type things they're really into the masks you know Disney Universal anything that's you know tourist related the masks are still being strictly enforced so had to wear the mask but it was very interesting and so this immersive Van Gogh it's, it's like a, a 360 movie with set to music. And it was very interesting. It was very different. Something very different to do. And, um, you know, it was a little bit pricey, but it was a fun night. It was something different to do. And this is touring the country. And the tickets are hard to get. They really are. I think this one was sold out quite a long time ago. Uh, it looked like last night there might have been some open slots because I saw people buying tickets right at the window. But for the most part, it was largely sold out. So, and this has been around the country. You might've already been through your city, but you can find their website by just uh, doing a Google search immersive Van Gogh. Okay. Let's get into tonight's news. A tragedy, a typhoon in the Philippines has caused at least 140 deaths. And, um, I have a little bit of a connection to the Philippines because I have a great uncle who was a missionary to the Philippines for 30 years with Wycliffe Bible Translators. And I've always loved the idea of living on one of these islands, you know, living, you know, of course, the Philippines are tons of different islands. It's not just one island, but the idea of living on, you know, one of these islands in Asia sounds really neat. But man, I'll tell you, um, what we have here in the U.S. when a hurricane hits us is nothing compared to what happens in on these small islands not only because when you're on an island you've got what's happening all around you it's not just coming in on your coast but it's completely 360 surrounding your island but islands are you know generally you've got very low sea level so the storm surge alone is going to wipe a lot of stuff out a lot of these countries like the philippines don't have the same building codes as we have here in the united states uh, a tragedy uh, typhoon in the Philippines will have caused at least 140 deaths, according to projections. And um, this is kind of a fun story. Uh, the so-called build back better. <laughs> I guess it's going nowhere, folks, because Joe Manchin, who is a Democrat, but he is one of the more conservative, very conservative Democrats 
uh, from the state of West Virginia. Manchin says he will not vote for Build Back Better. And so that he was a critical vote. He basically is the kingmaker. He can sink the whole deal. So this was supposed to pass before the end of the year. It's not going to pass before the end of the year. It's probably not going to pass, you know, uh, even into the first part of the year. And part of this is, you know, I know a lot of conservatives, including myself, we were really worried when the election went, you know, the, the other way. It went against what we wanted. Uh, I'm not going to say Trump lost because <laughs> I don't want to lose. I don't want to get in. I don't want to go into that. But uh, Biden is the president. So let's just leave it at that. And I know a lot of us were worried, like what's going to happen. But as is always the case, the Democrats go way too far. They they take that win and they go way too far. And that's what they did. And they can't even get their own party now together to support Build Back Better. So this is all good news, right? Because going into the 2022 elections, once we get, you know, three, four months down the road, it's going to be all about 2022. And it really looks like I know we, we use the phrase red wave all the time maybe overused, but really, really looks like a red wave coming. It looks like a major shift. I think that there's no doubt that the Democrats will uh, lose both houses of Congress. Uh, I feel very strongly about that. And uh, I think that sets the stage for a Trump landslide in 2024. Okay, Omicron, if you're, if you're not following the latest in the so-called variants the coronavirus variants and and by the way not a lot of people are talking about the you know this the source of all this and the wuhan lab and and questioning all that but um it just seems odd to me that we can't get rid of this thing you know no matter what vaccines or what we're doing there's all these new variants spinning off of it certainly makes me even more suspicious Uh, about the origins of coronavirus. But the new one that everybody's worried about is called Omicron. And this variant is supposedly going to be a big deal. Like very soon, they're they're predicting thousands of deaths. I'm noticing here at my grocery store and other places I go during the day, a lot of people starting to wear masks again. And man, I'm I'm just so concerned about everything shutting down again. I mean, even little things like me being able to go to a coffee shop during the day and hang out and do work, that's a big deal when you're someone that works from home and you can't go anywhere to sit down with your laptop and and do work. And uh, the idea of restaurants closing down again, I don't think that's going to happen to us here in Florida. But the problem is these national chains operate kind of on their own. So the national chains do what they're going to do. And so, you know whatever like Starbucks decides or McDonald's or Chick-fil-A and I, Chick-fil-A's lobbies are still closed. I was in Orlando on uh, what was it? Um, Wednesday night, uh, went to a game with some relatives. We went to an NBA game in honor of foster families in Orlando, even though I'm not a huge NBA fan presently because of all the politicization of everything. But I went to this NBA game and we were going to meet up at Chick-fil-A. And so um, we got to Chick-fil-A and it was open and all that. But uh, the inside, all the chairs are stacked on top of the tables and big sign up that this is for your protection. So Chick-fil-A, as much as I know Chick-fil-A has historically been very Christian, very conservative chain, um, they're very woke, uh, really. They really are. And I think it's the son of Dan Cathy, 
that is kind of taking the chain in a different direction. And uh, this idea that all the chains now are still closing the lobbies, uh, I don't know, just kind of odd to me. Uh, but these national chains will do what they do. And it creates a lot of problems. It's not just if you want to eat inside, you can't eat inside. But what, what that translates to is huge, long lines in the drive through because if you can't get inside then everybody has no choice but to go through the drive through I'm just not looking forward to it. I'm so glad our governor, DeSantis, has really taken a strong position against all of this, against the masks and all that. But it is interesting, This um, the new definition now of fully vaccinated is going to require uh, an additional booster shot. So even if you got the Moderna, so you got the two shots, you got the original shot, and then you get it one three weeks later. So in order to be considered fully vaccinated for whatever that's worth, if you're in a workplace that requires that, or if you plan to travel somewhere that requires that, the new definition for fully vaccinated will require now the third shot for those with the uh, two shot uh, coronavirus vaccinations. If you got the Johnson and Johnson, which was just a single shot, you'll need another shot, or as they say over in the UK, another jab to be considered fully vaccinated. So I just don't know really where this ends. I mean, where is the end of all this? Uh, are we going to be getting these booster shots all the time? I mentioned this to somebody the other day and they said, yeah, but you know, with the flu, you got to get the shot every year. Well, I don't, I don't do the flu shot. I did get the coronavirus, the Moderna, the two shots. I'm not really leaning towards that. I'm going to get the third shot. And I, and a lot of people I'm talking to are saying the same thing. They said, look, I got the two. I'm not going to get the third, maybe more as a matter of principle, because we were told that the first two were going to do it. Now we've got to get another one. And then where does it end? And the more of this that you put into your system, I mean, who knows down the road, what unintended consequences there could be uh, side effects from uh, these vaccines. And the more times you get, uh, jabbed and more of that stuff put in your system. I don't know. I've got a good friend who's a doctor. I tend to listen to a lot of what he has to say. So I'm going to ask him about that the next time I see him. And, you know, uh, scams continue to heat up around the country. And uh, just one quick tip to mention to you, if you get like an odd phone call or you get an odd email, you know, saying click here, something's happening, you know, you're, somebody's in your bank account or whatever, um, I think most people now are up on the idea that if you're contacted by Amazon, by your bank, whoever, um, rather than clicking on that link or calling that phone number, the best option is is forget about that. Just just separately open a new browser and go into that account. Don't click on any links. Don't do any of that. Just oh, something's going on with your Amazon account. You get this phone call. Okay, just delete the phone call because it's probably not Amazon because they don't call you. Um, just go to your Amazon account, log in. If there's something going on with your Amazon account, it's going to be there for you. Okay, and there's probably going to be a legit email from your Amazon account that will match up with what it says inside your Amazon account. But don't click on these links. Don't call back these phone numbers. If somebody says, hey, something's weird, weird is going on with your credit card. Something weird's going on with your bank account. Click here or call us. Don't do that. Just open up a new browser. Go to your bank account. Log in. Okay. Go to your credit card account and log in. Don't click on any links. Don't call anybody. Um, the scams this time of year 
can be really heartbreaking. And one of the scams we're seeing more and more of, and I just read a story about this before we went live, is uh, a woman was faking cancer. Uh, she's in North Carolina faking cancer to scam a friend for money. And just in case you don't know, this is a crime. This is considered fraud. And anytime you lie to get money, uh, anything like this, you know, faking uh, an illness, whatever, this is fraud. And most states have a very straightforward statute about any type of fraud you use to deceive someone to steal money. So it's 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 a theft by deception charge. There are different charges in different jurisdictions, but this theft by deception, that's what they will charge you with. And you can get serious time for this, especially if there's a lot of money involved. Um, but be careful. Uh, it's a tough thing. I guess my view is if it's someone you know, then that's one thing. But if it's just a stranger and all of a sudden, you know, you get hit with like a GoFundMe request uh, and, you know, you, you think these kind of sites like GoFundMe might have some kind of due diligence in place to check this out. I mean, if somebody's claiming cancer, that maybe there's some kind of a doctor that has to sign off. I mean, I'm all for doing this. Like if somebody does have cancer or some other illness and they need financial help, this is a good thing to do with your money, no doubt. But to to think that someone would fake cancer to deceive people to steal money. But this is the world that we live in. And especially as we get closer to the holidays, you know, people, people need money. And you always think of criminals as sort of these, you know, guys out of the movie that wear hoods and, you know, kind of look creepy. But the criminal is, you know, the guy standing next to you in the grocery store, the lady standing next to you in the grocery store. And they have a family and want to have a nice holiday and they don't maybe have the money they think they deserve to have that nice holiday. So they, they're, they're, um, you know, using deception. They're, they're, they're using online scams in particular a lot these days, uh, to take advantage of people. So be on your guard. It's, it's not a good time of year. It's a horrible time of year to get scammed. I mean, if you think about it and you're like a person with a good heart and you want to help others and you're having a you know, great time enjoying your holiday, even just simple things like walk into your car, you know, you're walking to your car, you're whistling, you know, jingle bells and you got your big bag of stuff. I mean, you show up at your car and the window's broken out and a bunch of your gifts are gone. Or even worse, somebody uh, puts a gun to your back and, and takes your, your wallet while you're on your way to your car. People are desperate. So be careful. Uh, take extra security measures. Make sure you lock your house. If you've got an alarm system, use your alarm system. I think it is interesting how many people I know that have alarm systems that do not use them. And I'm not really sure why this is, but you hear this a lot from people. Yeah, I have an alarm, but I never turn it on. And I'm not sure why. Maybe they don't pay the monitoring anymore. Maybe they have had false alarms and they don't want to deal with it. But uh, a lot of people with alarms that actually don't use them. Okay. So what we're going to do now is I'm going to take a sip of coffee here, a sip of water. And in place of a guest, the next three shows, we're just going to explore different topics. And so tonight's big topic is going to be penny cryptocurrencies. And um, you might have heard the term penny crypto. That's what we're going to talk about tonight. So give me 10 seconds here to refresh my vocal cords. And we're going to get into penny cryptos tonight. 
I got to do this because we don't have commercials. So forgive me. Okay. So I've got the Bitcoin hat on. And uh, tonight we're not going to talk about Bitcoin. We're not even going to talk about what many people call altcoins. Because in my mind, altcoins, which really is kind of a generic term that represents all coins that are not Bitcoin. So alt, meaning alternative, altcoins, alt crypto is alternative coins to Bitcoin. That's all that that term means. However, I would say that there's a subcategory of so-called altcoins that are I call penny cryptos. And this would be any cryptocurrency that you could buy for less than a dollar. And that's the same definition used on Wall Street for penny stocks. So a penny stock on Wall Street is any stock you can buy for less than a dollar. So when we get into this whole world of penny cryptos, it is interesting because I have a growing number of people, friends, people I know socially, people that I not not those of you that know me from online and know me from the show, but people that know me here locally that, you know, want to go to dinner with me, want to buy me coffee, want to hang out with me and ask me about cryptocurrencies. And lately, more than anything, people are asking me about these penny cryptos. Because, and let me tell you kind of the backstory on this and why this is so exciting for people. So people know uh, from my book, which you can see over on my right-hand shoulder, and this is really, I'm just saying it because it's true. It is the best book on cryptocurrency if you're looking to get started. How do I know that? Not only because I wrote it, um, but because of the fact that I bought dozens and dozens of other books and no book out there that I could find started at sort of square one for people, explaining to them, why we have cryptocurrency, what it is, uh, how it, you know, how does it have a value compared to regular dollars, all of that. I, I take you from step one into this advanced, these different advanced areas. There's a whole section in there on these penny cryptocurrencies in my book, which you can buy for $14, or you can do something nutty and go online and buy a $5,000 Bitcoin class and learn everything in my book and pay $5,000 and then you'll probably face an upsell to 10 or 20,000 to be in an inner circle to again, learn everything in my book you can get for 14 bucks. But I digress. Um, so if you have read my book, you'll know that I lay out the scenario of Bitcoin that is blowing most people's minds. Most people don't even really realize that in 2009, if you had put $100 into Bitcoin, that you would have today over $200 million. $100 in 2009 today would be worth over $200 million. Now, I've said this in seminars and people interrupt me and they say, oh, you mean like $200 million of some coin or some crypto no, no, no. I'm saying 100 US dollars in 2009 that was used to buy Bitcoin today is worth over 200 million US dollars. So that's as clear as I can say it. 100 bucks became over 200 million bucks between 2009 and between 2021. That's a 12-year period. Nothing like that I have ever seen 
in the financial world. I mean, even if you were an early buyer of Microsoft stock, there is nothing I know of that offered this kind of a gain ever that I, and, and I stand to be corrected. If somebody is, uh, if you're watching and you're listening and you know of a scenario, I don't know of a scenario where a hundred bucks becomes worth over 200 million. It's, it's unreal. So what is happening is you have this group of people that are interested in cryptocurrency. And, and by the way, we're still in the very early adoption stage, which mean, which means that most people still don't understand crypto. Most people still don't own crypto. Most people are still looking from the outside in. This is good because that means that the opportunity is still there. That means that you can get in now when Bitcoin is uh, 47,000 and when Bitcoin is 5 million and $10 million for one Bitcoin, you can say, yeah, I got in when it was 47,000 and realize this, you don't need to have 47,000. You could put a hundred bucks in today, but in any case, there is a group of people inside the cryptocurrency world, if you will. And these are a lot of times newbies, but not always that really want to replicate that 2009 hundred bucks in Bitcoin scenario. They want to buy something like that where they can take a hundred dollars and get thousands of something and that those thousands of that unknown coin in five or 10 years becomes like what Bitcoin is. So they're playing what we call the penny crypto game. And uh, I really don't look at personally at Bitcoin as being very high risk anymore. I used to tell people only put in Bitcoin what you can lose. And I still kind of say that many times like to friends because I don't want to be that guy that, you know, I don't have any more friends because they lost money in cryptocurrency. But I mean, I think really Bitcoin is sort of a solid blue chip right now. I, I feel very comfortable putting large amounts of money in Bitcoin and even the top five or six or 10 uh, other altcoins. I think those are are solid, you know, uh, looking at, uh, you know, coins like Ethereum and Ripple XRP and others. I, th I think that top 10 list at coinmarketcap.com, I think those are solid also. But there's a growing number of people that want to get into these like tiny ones. Now, if you go to coinmarketcap.com, coinmarketcap.com, you'll see that um, they typically have, um, let me see what they're doing right now, if I can even tell here. So we've got... On the opening page, there's, I think they list, uh, okay, wow. <laughs> Am I out of touch? Man, they're, they're tracking 8,365 cryptos now. 8,365 cryptos are being tracked. I had no idea. Uh, and I don't really go and spend a lot of time here looking at these penny cryptos. I used to play the penny crypto game a lot. I just haven't had the time to do it. But but what we're talking about is you go to coinmarketcap.com. And one of the cool things about coinmarketcap multiplied by the number of crypto coins that are in circulation. That gives you your market capital uh, stocks by market capitalization or what size do they represent overall of the market. So if you if you go to coinmarketcap.com, you'll see across the top right above the Bitcoin, you'll see there's different columns you can click on to sort by. So the default sorting is market cap. So if you go there, you'll see the top 10 market cap. You'll see Bitcoin, Ethereum, 
Binance, Tether, Solana, Cardano, XRP, USD Coin, Terra, Avalanche, Polkadot. You see the top 10 or 11 coins there by market cap. But here's what's fun to do. Go ahead and click on, instead of market cap, go ahead and click on price. And if you click on it once, it will sort from highest to lowest. So I just clicked on price once, and now Bitcoin is still at the top because it's the top price Bitcoin. But if I click on it a second time, if I click on it a second time, what it will do is it will reverse the order and it will sort by the lowest price coin to the highest price coin. And uh, that way, if you, if you reverse it, what you're going to see is um, these super low price coins. For example, I just reversed it. And uh, let me see here. We've got, and I, I believe this is, it's only going to sort what's on the, yeah, it's, so there's a hunt, they're out of the top hundred, which is what is on that page. It's sorting the top hundred that are on that page. So out of the top hundred, the lowest price coin right now is Sheba. And a lot of people are asking me about Sheba, but the price of Sheba is 0.00003. Okay. I am not good at dealing with all these decimal points. So let's just for fun, let's bring up a calculator and let's see how much we could buy for a hundred bucks. Okay. So we're going to take a hundred dollars, plug it in here, and then we're going to divide it by, I'm just going to copy and paste the price, all the zeros and everything there. Okay. Copy and paste into my calculator. Okay. Divided by point. Come on. All right. Let me try this again. This is the this is the challenge of doing live a live show. One hundred divided by come on calculator here. There we go. Zero zero zero. Okay, I'm gonna paste that in there. All right. It's not gonna let me paste. Okay, I gotta do it manually. Okay, let's count the zeros. Point one two three four. Okay, there's four zeros before the three. One two three four. And then the three. Okay, 100 divided by 0. 0.00003 equals. So it says here that I can buy. Let's see, there's three. Okay, so I can buy for 100 bucks, I can buy 3,333,000 Shiba coins. Okay? 3 million coins for 100 bucks. Now, what does that mean? Uh, you're probably watching this saying, okay, so what exactly does that, does that mean? Well, it means that you own 3 million of this tiny little coin. Um, so we could play with the numbers and say, well, if the Shiba coin became worth a dollar, then you'd have $3 million. Okay. Now I wish it was, um, I wish it was this, uh, simple in terms of the math, 
that just say, I mean, in terms of real life, I mean, the math is simple, but to say, okay, well, this is how much I'm going to make if I can, you know, just take and put a hundred bucks in here and then I'll have 3 million because if it goes to a dollar, I have 3 million. Well, that's easy math, but that's not necessarily, you know, going to happen in real life. Um, But that gives you the idea of what the opportunity is in um, these smaller cryptos. So, CoinMarketCap.com is a place to go to look around and look at these smaller, lower price cryptos. Um, it's it's a long shot. So what I always tell people is, you know, take a hundred bucks and maybe buy, I don't know, buy 20, uh, like take $5 and put it into 20 different small ones. And you could still buy a lot. And then you're sort of covering a lot of numbers on the roulette wheel, right? If you're If you're looking at it like that. Um, one of the ways that I like to find these cryptos is not so much the buzz. Cause the, I mean, that's okay too. Uh, the buzz, you know, people saying, Oh, have you heard about this coin or that coin? Or you're up at the coffee shop and people are talking about it. That's certainly one way, but a lot of times that's you're getting in late when you're hearing about it that way. What I like to do is I go to coinmarketcap.com. And on a down day for cryptocurrency, if you see a coin that's going up on a down day for cryptocurrency, and I talk about this in my book, that is a a great clue that something's going on with that coin. Now, um, I don't just jump in and buy a coin because it's going up and everything else is going down, but I kind of like, I write it down on a piece of paper and say, okay, this looks interesting. Maybe this is something I should take a look at. So what are some next steps if you find a coin that you'd like to maybe do some more checking on? Well, the first thing would be to go to Google it and find the website because every crypto pretty much has a, has a basic, a website that has the use case. That is what makes this coin unique. Why is it different than Bitcoin? What is the the purpose of it? What is the use case argument for that coin? So that's an interesting thing to do. There's also typically a white paper where you can read about, you know, who founded this coin, who's behind it. Sometimes that's compelling, right? So if you've got some big, you know, like Silicon Valley angel investor, like a Mark Andreessen or somebody like that, that's behind a coin. Or when you look at something like a Raven coin, which is a favorite penny crypto of mine, uh, Ravencoin was started by um, one of the founders of Overstock.com. So, so those are things you can find out by going to the website, by reading the use case argument, by looking at the white paper for it. Um, that's certainly one way to go about it. There are generally two different um, methods by which people analyze cryptocurrency. So one of them is what we call a fundamental analysis. This is the same as in stocks. So when you're looking at stocks, if you do a fundamental analysis of a stock, what you're looking at is, okay, how much is the company earning net profits? Uh, how, what is the stock price compared to its earnings? The PE ratio, um, you're looking maybe at competition, you know, how much competition does this company have? What is the realistic growth uh, projection? You know, what do analysts think about the future of this company? How much debt are they carrying? What are some, you know, pending issues like maybe pending litigation, uh, things that might be bad for them in the future. This is what we call a fundamental analysis. So applying that to a cryptocurrency would be, Hey, uh, how many coins are going to be in circulation at some point? So like with Bitcoin, there's 21 
$1 million. You know, what is the use case argument for this coin? You know, what advantages does it bring to the market compared to other coins? Um, what does it look like in terms of adoption? You know, who's backing this coin? Uh, how many... Uh, you know, how many people are, are talking about this coin online? Is there a Reddit discussion group? Uh, go to Google Trends, type in the coin, see if there's a growing interest in Google searches about the coin. So those are sort of fundamental analysis tools that you can use. The other is what we call technical analysis. And on Wall Street, there's a lot of people that get into technical analysis. I've never been a, a huge fan of technical analysis, but it's certainly one way to look at a security or look at a cryptocurrency, which is that um, the idea behind technical analysis is that assets that are moving up tend to have a greater chance of continuing moving up, you know, like, uh, you know, the, the scientific principle that uh, something in motion tends to stay in motion um, unless it's interrupted. That's the idea behind technical analysis. So uh, people would buy a stock that's rising why? Because it's rising. So that there is that side of cryptocurrency as well, what we call technical analysis. And you can use all the different uh, tools. You can type in cryptocurrency charting, and there are websites that you can go to, and you can follow the trends. And there's popular um, averages like the 50-day or the 200-day moving average. You know, that is, is this cryptocurrency, is it trending above its average price for the last 50 days, or is it trending above its price for the last 200 days? So there are websites you can go to and run these graphs and charts. Technical analysis basically is I'm buying this investment, whether it's a stock, whether it's crypto, I'm buying it because it's going hot, hot, it's going up, and I think it's going to continue to go up. It's it's going higher, and I think it's going to even go even further higher. So that's what you're doing with technical analysis. Um I like to use Google Alerts, and a lot of people don't know about Google Alerts, and it's an incredible tool that you can use for so many different purposes. Um, for example, um, I'm not going to, my son works in a certain industry, and I'm not going to mention it on the show. My family gets upset with me that I reveal too much information about my family, so I'm not going to say what industry he's in, but he's in a certain sort of narrow niche industry. So one of the things for fun that I do is I... Uh, go to Google and I type in his industry and then it gives me a bunch of search results and then I click on news and then at the very, very bottom of the page, I can click on this link that says set a news alert and then I can choose whether that's a real-time alert that I get by email or a once-a-day sort of digest of all the news regarding that search word that I have selected. This is really cool because you could be the first person in your company to know about breaking news in your industry. Instead of just passively going online and reading the news, you get alerted to real-time news that's happening about your industry. You can use this for anything. So my wife works as a school teacher, so I actually have a Google alert with the name of her school. So that I get real-time alerts of any time her school that she works at is mentioned in the news. I do this for a lot of things. I do this for travel deals and airfare deals and mistake airfares. I have a bunch of these Google alerts, but you can use these with crypto. So I, one of my favorite penny cryptos is Ravencoin. Talked about it for years. So I have a Google news alert on Ravencoin. Anytime something is written about Ravencoin, it's in the news I get an immediate real-time alert letting me know about that. 
that is a way to keep up in real time on that asset that you're interested in, whether you've already bought it or you're just on the outside looking in and you're trying to decide, you know, do I buy this or not? Um, the next thing is you want to find the exchange that you need to go to to buy that cryptocurrency. So one of the interesting things about Coinbase, Coinbase is probably no doubt the one uh, exchange that, that most people are familiar with. One of the cool things, though, is even though there's only a certain limited number of crypto that you could buy on Coinbase, inside your Coinbase wallet, you can hold a lot of cryptocurrency that you're not allowed to buy and sell there, but you can transfer there just to be held because it's a good uh, site and they got a, they got a good secure wallet. So it's a place you can hold your cryptocurrency. But if it's sort of a lesser known cryptocurrency, where do you buy it? Well, a couple of things you can go on Google and do a Google search, you know, where do I buy Ravencoin? And it'll bring up a bunch of, you know, different options for you. But if you go to the website of the cryptocurrency directly, it'll also tell you there where you can buy it. So what this involves is maybe opening up a new account at a new exchange, and I know that's a headache because you got to prove your identity, give your taxpayer ID number. A lot of times you got to scan in like a picture of your driver's license or a passport. It's a pain in the neck. But as I talk about in my book, if you're buying a, a little known cryptocurrency where nobody knows about it and it's sort of unknown, it's going to be hard to buy it. It's going to not be available on many exchanges and you're going to have to jump through a lot of hoops to be able to buy it. But because it's hard to buy now, the price is low. So that's a good thing. You see, I think as Americans, I call it the microwave society. We're not very smart when we look at opportunities. Um, most people don't get in on things until it's too late. Because what the human mind tells us is you don't want to get in early you want it. Nobody's talking about this coin. You're the only one that discovered this coin. Wait until down the road when all your friends are talking about it up at Starbucks or, or around the water cooler at work. That's what the human mind tells you to do is to jump on a bandwagon, not to be an early adopter, not to be, you know, we don't want to be uh, Columbus and be the first one on the shore of the United States. We, we want to wait. And that's the same thing that's happening with real estate here in Florida. I've told people for years, buy, uh, just buy a lot. You could have bought a lot on my street where I live for $20,000 seven or eight years ago. Those lots are now almost worth a hundred thousand, just a lot. And they're going to be worth a lot more. And I keep telling people buy a square piece of property here in Florida. You could get in, you know, find one maybe for 70, $80,000, get a piece of land here in Florida. Cause it's going to, this is going to be like California. But the human brain says, wait, I'll wait until I'll wait until that house Jim Paris bought for one hundred and ten thousand. I'll wait until that's a million dollars till I'll get excited and try to buy a lot in that neighborhood. That's how the human mind works. So in the beginning, when a coin is little known, it might be hard to, to buy it. So people are like, yeah, you know, I was going to buy that coin you could get. 33 million out for a hundred bucks, but yeah, it was only available on three different exchanges and they wanted me to send my driver's license and fill out a form. And I didn't go through the first time and I just gave up. I'll, I'll buy that coin down the road when it's a lot easier. When they make it easier for me to buy it, I'll buy it. 
And so we, we kind of think like the market is there to serve us. Like I'll buy that coin when that coin proves to me it's good enough for me to buy it. If you had any idea what it was like to buy Bitcoin, I started buying, I got my first money in Bitcoin. I talk about it in the book in 2012. It was as almost as weird and shady as like taking a bag of cash and meeting somebody behind uh, a pharmacy in a dark alley. That's how weird and shady it was to buy Bitcoin in 2012. So let me tell you how I had to buy Bitcoin. You'll, you're going to think this is totally strange. And it was not easy to buy Bitcoin in 2012. But when I bought Bitcoin for $20 and my $20 became worth $20,000. But let me tell you what I had to go through. So there was a company called, uh, it was called something like uh, Swips, Swip, uh, Swips Swap or Swip Fast, something like that, based out of Seattle. And uh, how, how I had to buy Bitcoin was, I was, here's the instructions. Take cash, only cash. So I got my $20 bill. Go to a Wells Fargo bank. Walk into Wells Fargo. Get a deposit slip. And here's the account number that you want to write on that deposit slip. So I don't have an account at Wells Fargo. I'm walking in with $20. I'm filling out a deposit slip to some account, some place. I don't even know who this, who's this account. And I put my $20 into this account, this account number I'm given. I'm totally trusting this is legit and I'm not being scammed. And then like a week later, I get an email um, saying that my money to buy Bitcoin is now available in this like weird account that I have set up and I'm able to go in there and then buy Bitcoin with it. And then I had to wait like a certain number of days to be able to like take that Bitcoin and move it like to my own wallet. I didn't even know what a wallet was. I was afraid it would get lost when I moved it. it look, when I, for, when I bought, this was in 2012, it was very strange. In fact, the Wells Fargo people, they looked at me like I was some kind of like a drug dealer. And they were looking at me, you know, like I'm Walter White <laughs> from Breaking Bad. It's like, who is this guy in here with $20 in cash depositing money into this bank account that's not his? What's going on here? What's this? What are you doing? And they were questioning me about it. So in the early days of getting in on a cryptocurrency, it's weird like that. Just own it. But when it becomes easy to buy it, that's when it goes way up. And that's really the whole idea behind it. So penny cryptos, um, it, it is crazy when you look at, so you could go to, um, crypt, you could go to coinmarketcap.com and you can go all the way to the bottom of the page and there's 8,365. So what I could do is click on the furthest arrow and I can go to the actual very, uh, okay, I'm going to go to page 84, which is the last page, okay? So I'm going to go to page 84, which is the last page, and I am going to uh, sort the last page by price. So let's do that. So we've got price. So I'm going to sort the very last page by price. And 
the market cap, you would not believe uh, some of these ones on the last page, they don't even have a price. There's not even. OK, here we go. I'm all the way, all the way, all the way, all the way up. OK, let's see here. It If you sort by market cap, uh, there are cryptocurrencies in here where the entire cryptocurrency of all coins in existence in all coins in existence are like, uh, you know, $20,000, $30,000. Um, it's, it's crazy. Uh, some of these coins that are so have such low values. A lot of these coins on page 84, the actual market cap and all that is all grayed out. You can't really see it cause it's not even sort of publicly available. Um, but it, it is incredible when you look at how low the cost is, a ton of these are you know, way, way, way under a penny for uh, decimal zero, 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 five, zero, 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 three, um, zero, 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 nine. Uh, some of these um, it's it's incredible. But at the same time, there are big risks because you're talking about, you know, you're buying the 8,300th coin on the list is like worth almost nothing, but who knows? That's why if you want to have fun and learn and maybe take a hundred dollars and split it up or over 20 of these penny cryptos, this is how you can do it. And in my book, there's a whole section on these small cryptos and myself by calling it a penny crypto, but it is under a buck. So that is, it would count. And I still love uh, Ripple right now. And it could be worth hundreds of dollars, even thousands of dollars. Ripple XRP. And the best place to buy it is uphold.com. Okay, I hope you've enjoyed tonight's special show. Hit a little bit of news. Got a little bit here into penny cryptos. I always love answering emails. So feel free to drop me an email, jim at christianmoney.com. If you have a question about cryptocurrency. And also support us by joining our Bitcoin workshop. And if you'd like to find out more about the Bitcoin workshop, there's a lot of great videos in there. This is the kind of stuff that we talk about, get into a lot more uh, details as well. But if you'd like to find out more about my Bitcoin workshop, go to bitcoinworkshop.us, bitcoinworkshop.us. It includes a free copy of my book. It includes a bunch of really extensive videos covering similar topics as what we've discussed tonight. And I'm also able to use the visuals, so I'm able to actually take you to coinmarketcap.com and actually show you coins that I might buy. I can show you the charting and things like that, that it's difficult to do in a live podcast uh, like we're doing here tonight. Thanks so much for joining us. And remember, if it's Sunday night, it's Jim Paris Live as we close it out. Merry Christmas, everybody. God bless. We'll talk to you next time. <laughs>